If you have your Bibles with you, please turn them to the book of James. I'm going to try to do this one. Okay. All right, hold on, please. Mic check. Okay. Everybody there in their Bibles? Okay, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the songs that we were able to sing. We thank you for the testimony of our sister Alicia. We thank you for this time that you've given to us once again, that we are able to praise you, worship you, and to hear your message. We pray for our hearts, Lord God. Please clear it. Clean it, Lord God, with anything that may hinder us from hearing your voice. Open our minds, Lord God. Remove anything that will stop us from understanding your message for us. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins, for they are many. We thank you for your grace and mercy that is new every morning. Help me, Lord God. Bless me and anoint me as you use me once again to speak and to deliver your message to your people. All this we ask in your Son's sweet in mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, <clears throat> amen. Amen. Um, we're still in the book of James, obviously, but we entitled Radical Change. Radical Change. A change from the inside out. Right? The book of James has been such a blessing for me. I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of great things that I've learned in it. Football season is almost... Oh, oh, football season is over, right? And I know later I'm going to be asking for prayer for comfort, and you guys, 49ers fans, you guys are welcome. <laughs> the, the Chiefs fans, uh, you should be praying for, for gratitude. 
snow is, is, is uh, at my house is almost all melted. The weekend is over. And then tomorrow, all of us, we face the same things over again. The things that we love and the things that we don't love. For some of us, we will face again the challenges that we have. It's just going to be a different day. As we are almost coming to a close of our study, almost, I said, I have two more, in the study of the book of James, we have three things that we will tackle tonight, okay? The main idea of what we read is that prayer is vital. It's important for the believer. It's important for the follower of Jesus Christ. But there's only not prayer there. There's also the, the belonging of a, of a believer to a community, which is a church, a local church body. Because an effective prayer consists of confession amongst other saints. That we have, we have to have those trusted brothers and sisters of ours. And that's what we're going to try to learn tonight. I entitled our message tonight, 911 hotline. 911 hotline. My dad has been using a lot of this. He's been sick repeatedly. He's been rushed to the emergency room quite a, quite a bit. My sister also used it. I used it for my sister. My first 911 call was to deconvince. And then uh, him and his wife went there, checked my sister, and they told me to call 911. I couldn't speak to the, the person there. So v Brother Vince took over. You know, when you call that number, they'll, they'll, the first line is, what's your emergency? Fire, police, or ambulance? Right? That's the first line. And at times, the person that's calling is in a panic or maybe confused or maybe composed. But you have those three choices. Did you know that in February, which is this month, February 1968, was when the 911 hotline was produced or gave birth to it? It's been 51 years that AT&T and the FCC met and discussed the rapid introduction of a nationwide emergency number. It's amazing for me. That's one of the greatest gifts that America has because the Philippines doesn't have it. I don't think any other country has it other than Canada because they also copied because it works so well. The choice, they, they, it was very well thought of. Even the numbers 911 was chosen because it was the easiest number to remember. And no one at that time was using it. It has then, for 51 years, has saved millions of people and continues to do it now. Isn't that amazing? But for us Christians, we have something better than 911. And that is prayer. Prayer. Amen? You heard it from Sister Alicia. She went through it a couple times. She had a couple rounds with that, that bleeding um, uh, condition of hers. And then she also prayed for her mom. I know you also have your stories, your testimonies, that God has heard your request in your prayer 
the times that you were in trouble, the time that you were driving in the snow and you were sliding and you were saying that quick prayer, oh, Lord, help me. Not my car, Lord, their car, not mine. <laughs> Here are the points that we're going to tackle this evening. The necessity of prayer, necessity of church, and the prayer of the righteous. The first point, necessity of prayer. Clearly, God reminds us through the Apostle James here in verse 13 that we are to pray whether or not we are suffering. Do you see it there? If you are suffering, let him pray. If you are cheerful, be in prayer, singing psalms. Unfortunately, sometimes we only pray when we're suffering. Unfortunately, I say, the one thing, if we're all going to be honest as Christians, the one thing that's one of our biggest challenges as Christians, sad to say, is that we don't pray enough. The Apostle James is the right person to discuss prayer because he, he had a nickname, which is Camel Knees. He was called Camel Knees. Why? Because his knees was so bruised. Because James was always down on his knees praying. Praying to God. I don't know if your knees are bruised, but we are supposed to be always praying. His message is similar to the Apostle Paul. In Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, not just bad occasions, but good occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Sometimes we keep on praying for cash, cash money, dollar dollar bill yo that's what we keep praying for we're supposed to be praying for all the lord's people why because we very well know the attacks of the enemy is real now we face attacks every day if you're preparing for a testimony you're probably going to be challenged all temptations will come to distract you from preparing if you're preparing to do something for God, or if you're doing something for God, that's when the challenges and temptations come. And that's not to say that if you're praying, they will not come. They will still very be much there. But all the more, isn't it, isn't it so assuring that if you are covered in prayer, though the attacks may come, those storms and trials come your way, you know that God is with you because you asked for his protection, for his, his guidance, for his help. Both James and Paul, they echo what the Lord Jesus instructed the disciples before he was captured and then eventually crucified. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But what happened when Christ came back? Three times, right? The apostle or the disciples at that time, they had the gift of sleeping. They didn't need any melatonin. They didn't need help. 
They had the gift of sleeping. God requested, please, join me in prayer. My soul is troubled. But what did they do? They said, yes, Lord. And the moment that he went away, they got their back, touched the, the ground, off they went to La La Land. Prayer is key. Dustin, Brother Dustin discussed it last Sunday, so I'm not really going to stay in it too long. But here's a question. When was the last time you prayed? And this is not to count the prayer we did earlier or the prayer that you do when you're at church on Sundays. When was the last time you prayed? Outside the Sunday prayers. Outside the Bible study time prayers. When was the last time you prayed? Thank God. Outside the meal that you typically pray for. When was the last time you prayed? Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Do you know and do you realize that prayer is one of his commands to us? Because he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray so that you don't fall. Prayer is for our own good. It's not for God. It's for us. We are to always be aware that without God, we will fail. That without prayer, our plans, though good and all, we wrote it down, we hired the right people, right? We're going to orchestrate this. And then we forget to pray, and then we get in trouble. It's not working, then we remember to pray. We have to remember that if we love God, we are to obey His commands. And one of His commands is that we are to be praying always for all the Lord's people. Not just when we're in trouble, but always, even when times are good. Obeying His commands reflects our love for Him. Therefore, Praying is a reflection of our love relationship with God because praying is obedience. Amen? Let's look at verse 13 again. It says there, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you sick? In verse 14, let him call the elders. We all know the people that we are in close relationship with. Amen? We all know the people that we are close to. We know them by name. We know their wins last week. We know the things that they accomplished last week, and they know ours. We know their heartbreaks, and they know ours because we're close to them. And when we are close to someone, we are constantly speaking to them. Amen? Granted that there are close friends of ours that we barely speak with, but, and then when we talk to them, it's just like picking up from, from yesterday. But the ones that you are close to, they know the inner depths of your thoughts, your frustrations, your heartbreaks, the things that you will not tell your coworker, only to the people that you're close with. That is Prayer. Prayer to God is us expressing and giving ourselves to Him and making ourselves intimate with Him. 
telling him all of our frustrations, asking for his help. And in return, God always responds. God always responds to us in our prayer. Sometimes it may seem like he's not listening. But we know that if you have been in this Christian life for quite some time, you know that prayer is always answered. And he is always listening. Next point, necessity of church. Again, look at this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church. To belong to a community of believers is what you can see there. Because it's, it, it could be very embarrassing. Number one, it's really embarrassing to ask for help, if we're going to be honest. Because we don't want to be in need. I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I went through uh, certain challenges this week. My dad, I thought my dad was going to was going to die. You know, my, my relatives were very uh, uh, not careless, but they were pretty clear in their message that, hey, you need to come, you know, you need to hurry because it doesn't look good for your dad. This was Wednesday prayer meeting morning. So I rushed there, and I could only call or text a few people. And I did not have it in me to ask for prayer. But I had a community with me. I do have my trusted people with me. You know, sometimes life is already difficult. And if you don't belong to a family of believers, the difficulty just doubles up on you. 911 hotline is only available here in America. That is the one thing that I remember when I was on the water on, in a boat over in Boracay back in 2001 in the Philippines. And it seemed like the boat, boat was going to topple down. And I was thinking to myself, there's no 911 here. Because here in America, you get in trouble, you pick up the phone, you call, and somebody's going to be there. The church is that for the believer. However, there are times when the person who is sick can no longer make that call. Whether, it's, whether the trial is physical, they, can, they cannot physically do it. Sometimes it's emotional. They're, so, they just, they're just so discouraged that they're losing faith. What's the point of this? Are they, do they even care? Does God even care? What's the point of praying? This is where the community of believers, the local church body comes into play. You know, the, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The gift of mind reading has not been given to anyone here at church just yet. That if you know someone who is sick, let us know. Call us. Sometimes, again, like the, the, the sick person cannot pick up the phone. So we have to be aware on who's not here on Sundays or, or, or things like that. There's accountability. Belonging to a church family plays a huge part. You guys remember the account of the paralyzed man? Here we go. 
Let, let's look into it. This is in Mark 2, chapter, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, and again verse, uh, verses 8 to 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there were no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, get to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. We jump to verse 8. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. He said to them, Why are you thinking these things, speaking about the, the, the Pharisees? Which is easier, to say to this par paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now here we see Jesus giving two types of healing. He first gave the eternal healing. Because everyone that does not belong to Christ goes to eternal damnation. The most important healing that anyone can receive is for their eternity. Jesus gave that in this account. The paralyzed man and his friends must have been confused though, right? Don't you think? Because they brought the paralyzed man, their friend over there, for obviously for physical healing. And then as they were lowering it down, like imagine the Mission Impossible music. And then, and then Jesus said, your sons are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. They were like, no, that's not it. That's not what we need. We need him to walk. This dude is heavy. We're so tired of him. It's so heavy to carry him around. We're always buying his groceries. Just heal this guy. Get your dad away from us. But then Jesus healed him also physically. See, eternal healing and then physical healing. God heals us in two ways. You look at James again. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone sick? Let him call the elders. Now, as a church, you know, there's, there's an anointing him with oil there. You see it there? So after the message and my closing prayer, as the praise team will be singing here, if you want prayer, I don't have uh, the olive oil from Jerusalem, <laughs> but I have the oil from Costco. <laughs> it's as good as the same. It's the same. <laughs> I will pray for you, and I will... Put some oil on your forehead, okay? But the healing does not come from the oil. It's from God. It's from the prayer. I'm jumping ahead of my, my point here, but 
we're going to be doing it because as a church, we never did it. So probably, somebody's probably thinking, what's the oil for? What's the oil for? We can see it here. The healing results from the elders praying in the name of the Lord. The oil is secondary in this passage. Adorning the central act of prayer, our humble expression of dependence on the Lord. That is what matters right there. Particularly our health. There's this uh, passage here in Numbers 3.3 3, because oil symbolizes consecration to God as it often does. We'll look at Numbers 3.3, 3, 1 Samuel 10.1, and Psalm 89.20. Those were the names of Aaron's sons and the anointed priests who were ordained to serve as priests. For them to be ordained, oil was put on their heads. 1 Samuel 10.1, Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you? ruler over his inheritance. And in Psalm 89, 20, I have found David, my servant, with my sacred oil. I have anointed him. Anointing with oil is a physical act of expressing a spiritual truth that we belong to God. Amen? And have committed ourselves wholly, completely to his care. Prayer expresses this point with words. Anointing with oil expresses that point in action. You have to imagine it as you feel the oil being rubbed on your forehead this afternoon. Imagine the Holy Spirit embracing you. It's similar to the laying of hands. But again, there's no supernatural thing about the oil. It's a symbolism of it. But healing also, oil also represents, some people said, that it could represent medicine. Because during their time, the, the oil also was like a medicine for them. But this is how I see it. When we say all things are from God, are medicine counted in that all? I would say so. Tylenol is from God. Advil is from God. So if you are experiencing some headaches, you don't need to call me for prayer. You can just say, sweetheart, where's the Advil? And then you take it and you, you take it and you say, praise God, Lord, thank you for giving me the money to buy Advil and for allowing Advil to be created, invented. God allowed all these things to be made. Amen? God allowed us to live in this time of, of you, the human history that there is great technology for us to get better when we get sick physically. God allowed us with his sovereign hand to bring us out, for some of us from the Philippines, to bring us out from the Philippines and brought us here in America to where we can get medical attention as well as the rich people in the Philippines. Because in the Philippines, man, you got, you're going to be poor. When you go to the hospital, rich, you're going to go out of there poor because they're going to cream you. There's no insurance whatsoever. 
If you give birth there and you don't have any money, they're going to keep your baby. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? It's the truth. It's funny, but it's true, right? You're going to pawn your, your other son. Like, oh, you know, I want my baby. Like, you can take my eldest son right now. <laughs> take Joe. He's worthless anyway. <laughs> Make him clean the floor. Right? It's, it's, it's intense. But here God allowed us to be here in America with all this technology available to us. And God gave us 911. But we also have prayer. In prayer, we know that if we ask God, right, all things are from God. The medicines from God. The medical technology is from God. But still, as you go in the surgery room, as you take your procedure, as you take your medicine, as you take your supplements, as you do your exercise, as you do your proper diet, you are to still say, Lord, please keep me healthy. Help me to be healthy. Keep me strong. Because there's prayer. And if you are sick, Lord, heal me. Let this medicine work. Give me the right doctor. Give me the right nurses, the ones that are nice. If ever, give me the Filipinos so they can give me adobo and rice when it's time to eat. Now, there's, there's a danger here. Now, sometimes we might think that, well, you know, if, we, if there is prayer and there is healing, are everybody healed? Not necessarily. Right? Not necessarily. Let's go back to James. As much as there are two types of healing, the physical and the eternal, there are also several ways that God answers prayers. They are, yes, I will heal you. No, I will not heal you physically. Or, wait. Keep praying. Have the church pray for you. Continue to cry to me. Continue to get down on your knees for me. And there's the other one where he answers you after you make a request. He'll say, are you serious? <laughs> That's a joke. But sometimes he will. He will say, are you serious? So if the answer, that one of the answers could be no in healing, the physical healing, why is that? Because it's also in the Bible that just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. The last thing we want as a church or the last thing you want to become as a believer is that when you find out that a brother or sister is not getting better and you're going to make this assumption or presumption, I should say, well, they're just not praying in faith. Their faith is just weak. Because if their faith was strong, he or she will be healed. Can, nothing can be further from the truth. Because sometimes, despite the many prayers that we've said to people, for people, there are people that came to me for prayer, for healing, and after I prayed for them, they got worse. And then they left the church right after. <laughs> there are some prayers that the answer will be no. I will not heal him or her. Because it's time for me to take them home. 
I don't know. I don't know why the answer is no at times. I don't know why the answer is yes at times. But regardless, his answer is not my concern. Because God said, if you need it, you ask. He did say, ask and you will receive. But sometimes, isn't the answer no, receiving an answer? That's also, right? Ask and you will receive. The answer just happened to be no. Last point. Prayer of the righteous. This is where it gets kind of challenging. Prayer of the righteous. Is there like a special group of people with the shirt righteous? Like the SWAT. You know, I always admired those, those shirts, you know. Special weapons and technique. Oh, I'm like, oh man. If I were to be a cop, I want to be a SWAT guy. You know, like yeah, I want to be the, the elite part. Is there an elite thing when it comes to prayer? Well, going, if you look at the scriptures that we just read, it seems like it, right? It seems like it. Let me, but read, I'll read this one. Pragmatically, calling your elders to pray for you in a time of sickness puts your needs not only before them, but likely before the whole congregation. As the shepherds of your church, the elders are best suited to know how to care for you, how to express your needs to the church, and how to minister the hope of the gospel. Could that be one of the points here of James when he said, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It could be, right? Because the leaders are there to serve. Again, if you connect the second point, right, prayer is needed. Prayer is needed. If you're sick, you have to pray. And then call the elders, the leaders of the church. The leaders now become your spokesperson to God and to your brothers and to your sisters. Because we are supposed to bring up the need or your needs to the others and the church are to join us in prayer. It's like that 911 operator. You only speak to one person and then the, person, the operator says, what's your emergency? Fire, ambulance, police. And then you say, fire. <laughs> and then it happens. They bring the fire department over there. The end of verse 16 may provide another clue why the sick should call on the elders to pray for them. In that verse, James teaches that the prayer of a righteous person has great power, avails much, great power as it is working. It's not because the person is special, but it's just because he was chosen, right? You see it here in 1 Timothy 3, 1-7. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. 
He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. In this church, if you are a member of this church, you officially have deacons John Goslin, Deacon Orly Villanueva, and Deacon Vince Chavez, and me. You are to call us. You have this grave, you know, if you're really sick, call us. And you can ask for prayers from us. We can pray for you over the phone right away, or we could visit you and, and pray for you in person. We've done that. Now, to our deacons, you three are all charged to live like so, right there. And you are to be available to pray for the sick. Are you always going to be available? Of course not. But you are to make yourself available. You have to be an example to everyone. How is your reading of his word? Bible reading must be in place and your prayer life must be in optimum shape because you and I, we are all in a more stricter, stricter guideline. The road for us is narrower than the others, than for others. Much is expected from us. And if our prayer, our prayer life is intermittent or close to zero, that would be unfortunate because we cannot give what we don't have. If you are pursuing, if you are thinking, if you have a calling to become a deacon as early as now or to become a pastor, if you think you have a calling there as early as now, improve your prayer life. Improve your quiet time. Here's another one, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 3. Church leaders, I am writing to encourage you. I too am a leader as well as a witness to Christ's suffering, and I will share in his glory when it is shown to us. Just as shepherds watch over their sheep, you must watch over everyone God has placed in your care. Do it willingly in order to please God and, and not simply because you think you must. Let it be something you want to do instead of something you do merely to make money. Don't be bossy to those people who are in your care, but set an example. The Apostle Peter calls out the leaders of the church and emphasizes that leaders, elders, leaders should be above reproach. Not perfect, because no one is except Jesus. But we are to be aware that we are leading by example. Now, in agreement to this, the Apostle James indicates, he mentions that the sick man initiates contact with the elders and asks for prayer and anointing. There are acts of faith and humility on the part of the sick person. Amen? No? Okay. Because 
By nature, we don't like to ask for help. When we are in need and we ask for help, it is quite humbling. It's like not having money and then you find yourself needing to call your dad for money. And that's humbling. Similar to when you are sick, you are told. Because we, we don't pray. As, us, us leaders are in the Wednesday prayer meeting. We don't say, Lord, reveal to us who among the FYCF members are sick so that we can call them and pray for them. No, we pray for those who we know who are sick. Back to James. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. The Apostle James gives us an example of a righteous man who prayed to God and whose prayer was so effective that it did not rain for three years. Now, in order to not put glory in the person, Elijah, James mentioned that Elijah was was like a man like us. A man like us. If I were to paraphrase that, I would say Elijah puts his pants on one leg at a time. Same thing. Same thing. The reason why the, the, the prayer was no rain, because King Ahab and his wife Jezebel brought in idolatry to the people of Israel. And the one God that they were worshiping was Baal. And Baal was the, was the God of weather, of rain. So God knew how to hit that, at the, the, our, us to hit us and hit them, King Ahab, where it hurts to get the attention. Because imagine what was happening with the, with the, the idolaters. Baal, give us rain. Three years and six months, no rain. Until the man of God, the righteous man, prayed and then water came down. God showed his mighty power. This is an example. That God showed his mighty power through Elijah, the prophet Elijah, to reveal his majesty. To show that only he has the power to provide rain in, in this account. But also the same with us. For tonight's point, if we are sick, God wants us to give it up to him and say, Lord, heal me. Please heal me. Let this medicine work. Let the procedure work. But then just like Jesus, we are to pray, yet not my will, Lord, but let your will be done. There are so many things to learn about prayer. Because you can never consume pr- the, the message of prayer, everything about it. There's faith, there's humility, there's acceptance, there's a surrender, there's a discipline of it. 
And Wednesday after Wednesday, we, we are here in this building doing our prayer meeting. Because we believe God hears our prayers, so we do the work of prayer. Because there are many needs. If, you are, if you've been alive for 20 years or more, you know that it doesn't get any easier as you get older. Meaning, you're going to need more prayer as you get older. As I get older, the more things, the more areas hurt in my body. I sound like an a, a organ. Ow, ow, ow. When I wake up, it's, it's, something's always hurting. But prayer is where we say, Lord, help me. I need you. And if, 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 we're, if we're too sick, the elders of the church are supposed to help us and the whole community of believers that we belong to are supposed to help us lifting up our needs. Now, the second month of the new year is almost done, right? I don't know how many days Christmas is away, but um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the countdown has started in the Philippines. <laughs> the question is, how's your prayer life been in this new year? Was it one of your New Year's resolution that you forgot after you, your team lost? <laughs> after a few prayers weren't answered in January? Or are you still si trying to say, Lord, help me be prayerful? That's our message this afternoon. As the music team make their way up here, if you need prayer, Please come up so we can pray for you. I believe there's two cups of oil up there for Deacon John and Deacon Vince to use. And I have three cups here. Deacon Orly and I will help. If you need prayer, come up so we can pray for you. Then we will put the Costco oil on you. You don't need membership right now. I got the members. I got you covered. But we will pray for you so you can feel, feel the presence of God as, as, as that oil is rubbed on your forehead or your arm. No, imagine as if the Holy Spirit is embracing you with it. Don't come to church and not be prayed upon, especially if you have a need. Come up so we can pray for you. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus and you want to be sure that you are healed for eternity. Come up so we can lead you into that prayer and forever be healed from your sins. And again, if you need healing, if you need the prayer of healing, come up so we can pray for you. Please join me in a closing prayer. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for always wanting us to speak to you always reminding us to ask for your help so that we don't fail you, so that we don't fall into sin. Thank you, Lord God, for making yourself available to us constantly, though we always deny you, we always delay speaking to you, but yet you are there patiently waiting, asking us, come and pray to me. Come and pray to me. Ask and you shall receive. Father, I pray for your people that are here. I pray for 
guidance for those who are lost, Lord. Please bring them back, Father God, to a more closer and intimate relationship with you. I pray for broken relationships, Lord God. Please restore them. Please help these arguments stop, Lord. Humble them. Let both parties apologize, Lord God. I pray, Father God, for healing for those who are sick. And as we pray for the people that will be coming up front, Lord God, I pray that you make your presence be felt by them. And let your power of healing, Lord God, manifest to bring glory to you and to you alone. All these things we ask and pray in Jesus' mighty name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing song.